Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. Thank you for tuning in. The topic this week is all about online presentations. You know, let's face it, in the last few months, working from home has become the new norm for so many people. And we've all had to become experts on platforms such as Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Skype. Oh, there's a whole list of them. Um, And from a presentation skills point of view, those platforms have replaced standing at the top of the room when it comes to communicating a message. You know, as someone like myself who has specialised in delivering presentations from the top of the room at conferences, at workshops, and of course, I've also delivered many workshops on presentation skills itself, I've had to adapt my own approach. So in this week's episode, I'm going to be touching on some of the fundamentals of effective presentations. And in many ways, they're more important than ever. But of course, there's also the additional tips then to ensure that we're all ready for our close-ups when the time comes. So I've 10 tips that I'm going to share with you this week. But before I jump into the first tip, it's always worth remembering that irrespective of the medium, impactful presentations are all the same. You know, they're always going to be engaging, well-structured, interesting, concise, and a lot of the time persuasive or influential as well. Effective presenters, when we think about them, are professional people, uh, poised, maybe even have a sense of presence when it comes to delivering their presentations. Of course, that's the theory. The daily reality is that the thought of doing a presentation can make many people sick with nerves. But what I've found and many of the people I work with this in with in this area have found that, you know, delivering a presentation virtually is maybe not as nerve inducing because you're in familiar surroundings and there isn't the same sense of all of the the eyes looking at you. Of course, poor presentations are all the same, too. They tend to be way too long, under or over prepared, are excessively reliant on slides, often crammed with text. And are delivered in, you know, they're delivered in tones that would sap the energy even from the most enthusiastic participant. Of course, no one purposely sets out to deliver a poor presentation, but delivering an effective presentation is a skill. And with any skill, you know, the more you practice, the more effective you become. So let's jump into the first tip. The first tip for effective presentations, whether they're online or back in the day when we could do them in person, it's about knowing your result. You know, what do you want to achieve by the end of your presentation? What will be the evidence of your success? You know, is it to obtain buy-in? Is it to secure a sale? Or is it simply to share information? You know, remember, a presentation is only ever a means to an end. So the clearer you are on the end goal, the more effective your presentation will be. Note too, the three or four key things that you want to communicate during your presentation. And make sure you hit those messages several times. An audience is unlikely to remember more than three or four key points anyway. Ensure the audience knows what's expected of them, particularly if you're seeking their input on decisions. The other key bit with knowing your result, knowing your desired outcome, is giving some thought, some conscious thought to your intention. And this is something that I always emphasize when I'm working with people individually or, or groups in this area. You know, for poor presenters, their intention, you know, the thoughts that are at the forefront of their mind, 
not necessarily conscious and often negative, you know, it can be something like, how can I get this over with as quickly as possible? Or how can I get out of the, the room or off this call in one piece? Or I hope to God no one asks me a horrible question. You know, if they're the thoughts that are at the forefront of your mind, you're, you're going to struggle to deliver an effective presentation. How can I align my intention with the desired result? You know, it might be something like, how can I engage well with the audience? How can I emphasize the important points? Maybe even we could we could throw the stabilizers off and ask myself, well, how could I enjoy this presentation? You know, it's like getting our mindset in the space that gives us a chance to be effective. So that's the first little tip that I'm sharing with you this week around presentations. I suppose it's based on the old Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you know, it's it's start with the end in mind or, or my phraseology for it is know your result. What is it that you're trying to achieve? Tip number two is put yourself in the audience's shoes or the participants' shoes. You know, what are the questions that might be at the forefront of the audience's minds? You know, maybe they're wondering, who are you if they've not worked with you before? You know, are you credible? But certainly an audience are always pondering that question, why should I listen to you or why should I care about what it is that you're saying? So unless you're already known by the audience, you know, they will want to learn something about you, who you are, so that they can decide whether to engage with you, to pay attention to you or not. You know, and of course, the amount of attention or engagement that they that they bring into the, the presentation themselves, you know, from the audience's perspective, will be dependent on if they feel that they can trust you that you're credible and that they have a sense that you actually care about them. I always say that audiences listen to radio WIFM. What's in it for me? So as a presenter, you have to link what you're saying uh, with how it's of benefit or of interest to the audience that's tuned in. When planning a presentation with an organization, I use a similar mindset. Uh, when I'm putting some content together, I might ask the organizer, you know, what would a typical attendee want to take away? That's me putting myself into their shoes, you know, or I ask the organizer to think about, you know, after the meeting and if people are having a follow up conversation about your presentation, what would you like them to be saying? So that train of thought maybe gives us more handles or a different perspective into what would an effective presentation look like. Tip number three is about keeping things simple. Now, there's a quote attributed to Winston Churchill, which goes, I wrote him a long letter because I didn't have time to write him a short one. And that's a quote I also apply to presentations. You know, it's about editing, 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 pulling it back until you're left with what I often phrase as the simplicity that resides on the far side of complexity. And I think that simplicity is even more important when it comes to online presentations. For me, simplicity is about the ultimate sophistication. You know, think about great design. It's paired back to its minimum. Um, keep your slides simple, minimal words, nice images. As a general rule, if you do have bullet points on your slides, rough rule of thumb is one slide for every three minutes that you're speaking. And that just gives you an idea from a pacing perspective. If possible, if you're using bullet points of text, you know, bring one, bring each point up separately so that the audience is not reading ahead, but they're focused on what you're saying. And of course, if you can use color or graphics to keep things interesting, that helps with engagement. 
but never but you never want your slides to detract from what it is you're saying you know the clue with slides with powerpoint whatever it is you're using is that it's a visual aid it should aid what you're saying not distract from it tip number four is all about getting camera ready so these are some small points but together they make a big impact and of course these are front and center when we're looking at delivering our presentations in an online environment so the first one very practically is if you can position your camera just slightly above eye level. So this means putting your computer maybe on a pile of books and then tilting it down slightly into your eyes. And remember to look at the camera, not just the face of the interviewer or even your own face. Uh, look at the red, looking at the red dot means that you're making excellent eye contact with the people who are looking at you down the other end. Do give a little bit of thought as well to your lighting. So if you can put a light above your computer so your face is lit uh, and if the, because if the light is behind you um, or a window even behind you, your face will be in shadow. Just keep an eye on your background as well. So what would people be seeing over your shoulder? You know, if possible, a plain wall is ideal, but nothing too distracting. Um, I've seen the contents of many people's homes in recent weeks and months from wardrobes that are left open to piles of ironing on an ironing board. I mean, great, we all have them. Uh, we all have to live. Uh, we all have multi-purposes within our houses these days. Um, but from a professional standpoint, we just want to be aware of what's visible behind us. And of course, if you're like me, so many people have their bookcases behind them and that has me peering over their shoulder to see what books they have on their shelves. But that's another story. Maybe it's just my nosiness. From your own appearance perspective, I always think that a collar looks smart, you know, whether that's a, 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 a shirt or a jacket, you know, but you want to avoid busy patterns where you can. A plain bold colour always looks good on camera. Be aware of your posture too. So although you're really only visible maybe from the chest upwards, you know, if we're sitting up straight, uh, shoulders back, um, it gives us a sense of authority. So you never want to look rigid in the chair, but too much movement can appear blurry online. And remember the facial expressions too. Uh, friendly demeanor, soft smile. Uh, you want to show interest and enthusiasm for, uh, for the meeting, for the presentation you're involved in. And I always say as well, just be careful of, your, of how you're opening your presentation. You don't want to speak about how unfamiliar you are, about technology or you know, there's better ways to make a first impression. I saw a cartoon recently where the the cartoonist was comparing um, online presentations or meetings with uh, seances, you know, where it opens up with, Elizabeth, can you hear me? Are you there, John? Which certainly had me laugh because it's sort of true. The other thing to remember with online presentations, and it's something that I certainly put a lot of emphasis on, is testing the the technology beforehand. So over the last few weeks and months, I've delivered many online um, talks at online conferences and they've used different platforms. So I always want to make sure that I've tested that beforehand, the slide share function, you know, what I'm able to see, how people will ask me questions, um, you know, how I can pause or go back just so that I'm familiar with it and I feel more confident before we actually get into the um, the presentation itself. And, and with that, you know, if you are using a platform you're not familiar with, 
you know, make sure you've downloaded it well in advance and, you know, you've tested the software and it's compatible and, you know, your camera and microphone is working. And what I often find as well, just as a final little tip on this camera ready piece, is um, headphones often have a microphone attached to them and that can improve the, the sound quality. Tip number five, so we're at the halfway point, is viewing your presentation as a conversation. So what do I mean by that? Well, it's really about talking with and not at your audience. Uh, to engage uh, attendees, you know, make sure that your face is on video so that people can see you and maybe you can even see them, even if it's, you know, postage stamp size. Uh, and whilst you you will use your own slides as a prompt for what you're saying, do remember to look at the camera, you know, that little red dot at the top of the screen, because this is how you make eye contact uh, with the online audience. As ever with presentations, be aware of buzzwords and cliches and jargon and, and the emotionalist business speak, as I call it, um, which can make an audience switch off. You know, of course, reading from slides wastes everyone's time because an audience can read for themselves. I always say as a presenter, you breathe life into your presentation. Use simple language, share your own experiences and opinions. You know, and if you can speak from the heart as well as the head, nothing engages an audience more. Tip number six is about taking your audience on a journey. Now, this is a tip that I share with audiences where maybe the presentation is something more than just, say, an update of status. Um, for me, great presentations, the really impactful ones, take audiences on a journey. You're telling them a story with a beginning, middle and end. Now, that storytelling uh, through presentations is not, you know, the once upon a time type story, but it's things about speaking about, you know, challenges that were overcome, lessons learned, uh, you know, how everyone lived happily ever after or will live happily ever after if they buy into what it is you're sell selling, you know, or in business terminology, you're balancing realism, you know, how things are with optimism as to how things could be. There's a lot of uh, great articles online with that topic of storytelling within presentations. But I just thought I'd share that tip with you, particularly for those of you tuning in who deliver presentations where maybe you're looking to motivate or inspire an audience, whether it's around change or a, or a new process or, uh, or just really to engage and motivate your team. Tip number seven, very practical one, is about knowing your opening and your close. I don't know, but if you've experienced delivering presentations before you know the way after a, after a minute or two you sort of get into it a bit more but it's, it's bridging into it is the tricky bit you know so I always say know the first two or three sentences that will come out of your mouth you know plan your opening in advance whether that's an introduction whether you're highlighting what you plan to cover or maybe you're posing a question to get the audience thinking you know, as I say, if you've delivered presentations in the past, you've probably felt that after a while you get into the flow of it. But knowing your opening will help you bridge that gap sooner. You'll get into the flow of it quicker. And then bookend your presentation by knowing exactly how you plan to close it. You know, the last sentence or two that you will utter. And I usually say to people I work with here, you know, try something better than just any questions or just a slide with a question mark on it. You know, even turning that into a full sentence will help. You know, I'd welcome any questions you might have or I'll, I'd welcome any input or comments that you might have. It's just a more engaging way to, to close your presentation. Tip number eight is about using pauses and silences. So when we actually stop speaking as a presenter, 
Now, skilled presenters will use silence and pauses to add effectiveness and polish to the presentation. You know, it's the opposite of a, of a fast, nervous Twitter. You know, short pauses, one or two seconds, you know, are for the simple purpose of separating out your thoughts, you know, and it can always be useful to remember as presenters that you are probably more familiar with your content than the audience are. They're getting it for the first time. So therefore, it's always useful to slow down your delivery, you know, give the audience a chance to absorb what you're saying. You know, longer pauses, maybe more than two seconds, are very powerful when they're used strategically, you know, because they prompt an audience to think about what you've just said. And it's also a way of regaining the audience's attention, you know, just when you stop speaking. That piece around audience's attention, of course, is it's trickier when it's online because you may not be able to see the audience, whereas you would if you're in the room with them looking down at their faces or looking around a table at a, at a meeting uh, when you're presenting. You don't know what the audience are doing. They may not be tuned in listening to you. So one of the things that I'm doing more of with online presentations is pausing for input and inviting input. And depending on the nature of the group, if it's a more of a workshop, I'll call on people for input. So it sort of forces them to pay attention. But remember, as presenters, we don't have to be speaking all the time. It is important to listen to. And that use of pauses and silences, well, well they're tools that we can have available to us as well. So two more quick tips to share with you, and then I'll do a quick recap. Uh, tip number nine is audiences will remember how you made them feel. Now, this, of course, is something I could speak about for a lot longer, and it brings us into the territory of, of, of personal or leadership branding. But as I often say to people I work with from a presentation skills point of view, you know, don't stress uh, out about forgetting everything that you plan to say, because an audience will never know what you didn't tell them. Now, obviously, you want to make sure that you share with them the, the most critical pieces, uh, but they're not going to remember all the detail. What they will remember is the overall impression and how you made them feel whilst they were listening to you. Studies show that people forget 90% of what's said during a presentation. But as I say, what audiences take away is how you made them feel and the actions that they were inspired to take as a result of listening to you. The final tip, tip number 10, is about learning as you go. So the more you speak, the more presentations you deliver, the more confident you'll be you'll become in your own abilities. I often find it's useful after a presentation to constructively self-assess, let's phrase it that way. Oftentimes we're in the habit of just going, well, I should have said that and I didn't say that or I rushed it too much or I didn't breathe or I forgot to say this. You know, we're, we're beating ourselves up unnecessarily. Um, we can embed our learning by asking ourselves two more balanced self-assessment questions. The first one is, what did I do well during the presentation? You know, even if it was something like, well, uh, I got through all of my slides within the allotted time, fine. But let me just make sure that I'm giving at least some at attention to what I did. Because if I'm consciously aware of what it is I did well, we can acknowledge that that's in the bag for next time. I did it then, I can do it again. And we can balance that then by giving ourselves a little bit of feed forward. So not even feedback, but feed forward. So next time, what would I do differently? We're not beating ourselves up with the word better here. We're just looking at different. What could I do differently? Well, maybe I could have said that or emphasized this or not said that or paused more or invited more 
uh, questions. It doesn't matter what it is. You're just using those two questions. What did I do well? And next time, what would I do differently as a way of self-assessing and harnessing our own learning? So a quick recap on those 10 tips. The first one was around knowing your result, remembering that presentations are only ever a means to an end. Then there was the piece around putting yourself in the audience's shoes. What are they thinking? What are they looking to hear from you? What do they want from you? Uh, tip number three was about keeping things simple, you know, that elegance in, simplic in simplicity. Uh, tip number four was all of those practical little tips around uh, being camera ready, uh, the specific online tips and using technology. Tip number five uh, was seeing your presentation as a conversation, which was followed up with tip number six, where your presentation is a journey or it's a story that you're telling the audience, you're bringing them with you. Tip number seven was knowing your opening and your close. So you've given some conscious consideration to the book ends, as I call them, your, your opening and how you're going to wrap up your presentation. Uh, tip number eight was the use of pauses and silences. Uh, then we had number nine, you know, audiences won't, won't remember all the detail. They will remember the overall impression and how you made them feel and maybe what you inspired them to do. And then the last tip was those self-assessment questions around learning as you go. So as I say, no one purposely sets out to deliver a poor presentation, but there are a few little guidelines, these tips, and there are more um, that can maybe give us the, the best chance of being at least effective, if not impactful as presenters. I often think the best presentations are conversational in tone and the best presenters are the best of themselves. You know, they're not trying to be someone other than who they are. They want to play to their own strengths. You know, you're tapping into your own strengths and communicating with your audience in an easy, elegant way that's consistent with your sense of being the best of yourself. You know, and for me, that brings effective presentations into the territory of demonstrating authentic leadership, you know, showing up as the best of yourself. So I hope you found this week's episode useful. Thank you for tuning in. There's more information about presentation skills and many of the other coaching um, uh, sessions and broader workshops that I deliver on my website, jamesweetman.com. Um, I hope I'm not going to scupper this now, but next week I'm back to having a guest on the podcast um, and it's one I'm a little bit nervous about because she's fairly high profile. Um, uh, hopefully it'll come to pass. Otherwise, this close of this episode won't make any sense. Um, but it's one that I'm looking forward to uh, next week. But there'll be more of that in due course. In the meantime, thank you for tuning in. I hope you found this week's episode about online presentations and presentation skills of benefit. And until next time.